Please listen carefully. Well, hello, universe, and welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Christy Jansen. And I'm Summers McKay. And we are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news. We bring you reader-supported solutions news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions. Seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we are sharing these solutions to make commute-worthy, walk-worthy, home-office-worthy, garden-worthy, happy Tuesday-worthy podcast. Today is the 7th of June, 2022. Hey, Christy, we said happy Monday yesterday, so it's happy Tuesday today. Absolutely. I mean, every day of the week can be a happy day. Exactly. How's that? How's the world looking in California <laughs> these days? It's all right. We had a bit of a fire scare over the weekend, but it wasn't an actual fire. I mean, it was something small, but it's just I'm realizing that as the summer gets going, this is going to be more and more something that we have to pay attention to. I'm aware of it in the background. Right. It was a helicopter circling a little bit earlier today. You know, it might have been a brush fire somewhere. It might have just been traffic. I don't know. But, you know, they're doing they're doing a lot of work on our electrical distribution, you know, SCEs out here all the time now doing new poles, trying to shore up the electrical grid because that is a one of the areas where fires can start. Yeah. It's just weird living in a world where you have to think about the potential dangers. Yeah. Right. The fire yeah. season. Yeah. Well, and I, I always found that kind of stressful when I lived in California as well, because while we lived in an area that was never directly impacted because we were down at the beach, it sort of was the only neighborhood that wasn't impacted. And so our neighborhood all of a sudden would be filled with people who were evacuating from lots of other places. My you know, children went to school in Ojai. We talked about the Ojai fire efforts, you know, and the goats Friday. You know, it it was just a lot of climate anxiety and climate stress. And I think you and I have talked about climate anxiety and you're kind of an expert on the subject or or an expert explorer on the subject. I'm an explorer on the subject because it's something that I'm aware of and a lot of people that I'm close to are aware of. And I think think our relationship to the environment is as much about our emotions and our our mental states as it is about the practical tactics that we can take to change our relationship to the world and to the environment. Mm-hmm. So. so that's actually why I've chose this story. It's a lovely dovetail into the story that I chose today, which is actually about some of the work that California is doing to alleviate climate effects and perhaps decrease some climate anxiety. And as many of you know, I have attempted or thought about aggressively composting <laughs> And have yet to achieve it. However, when I do return to my home, composting has become likely. But first, we'll talk about the story. So my headline reads, California is making composting a statewide practice. The article starts, composting is an easy and fun way to cut down on our carbon emissions. Now, easy, we're working on that part. I'm trying to figure it out. But it is reasonable. And cutting down on our carbon emissions while also making our own fertilizer is really, really valuable. Despite this, a lot of green waste like veggie scraps and lawn trimmings wind up in landfills. Here, they rot, release methane, which is a greenhouse gas far more potent than carbon dioxide. California, however, is doing something about this. The jurisdictions in California have started reducing green waste, and as per composting law that will take place in 2025, 
Senate Bill 1383 requires local California governments to reduce the amount of green waste sent to landfills by 75%. Love this. Decreasing these greenhouse gas emissions isn't the only benefit of statewide composting increase. Most compost will notably improve California's agriculture. Not only that, but it will reduce the cost for California farmers while improving climate resiliency. Christy, this is one of those solutions. It's climate, it's economics, it's social, it's political, it's private. It's my jam. It's it's everything because everything is connected. Exactly. So California, you know, is continually hit hard by drought and more organic material in agricultural soil via compost helps actually retain moisture and cools the soil temperature, different from other fertilizers. It increases the infiltration rate, so water moves more quickly through the soil and crops expend less energy to absorb moisture. The soil also holds water more effectively, reducing the amount of water farmers need to use. Once we get the microbial life established, we can minimize the amount of fertilizer we put out, said Mike Barrett of Casper Farms in Dixon, California. His farm has actually been able to decrease its purchasing of fertilizer by about half thanks to the influx of compost. There are some challenges to the implementation of SB 1383, and that's mostly about funding and outreach. Cities do have to pay for these initiatives themselves and educate their citizens on proper composting behavior. And most people currently stick to the habit of throwing green waste in trash. There are, however, cities that are leading by example. My second hometown, Pasadena, California, is providing compost bins for its citizens and offering free composting workshops. San Fran, San Francisco, cannot use all the compost it produces, so it gives its compost to San Mateo County for farmers to use in that region. It's pretty exciting. On our land, we do not have any green waste on our land here in Austin, Texas. We actually compost everything from our yard. And my next step is to start working on composting the stuff from our kitchen. Yeah. Kitchen compost. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think kitchen composting needs to be something you and I really uh, commit to in the future. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how much how much trash can get cut down. And it's very valuable. Mm -hmm. It helps to create new soil. It, it creates, right. it adds new nutrients that are needed. It also helps sequester carbon. And I, I love it. I love this. This is great. But it is a habit you have to build. Rethinking trash is kind of our jam. Rethinking trash, exactly. Treasure in the trash. I'm really into saying my jam today. Mm -hmm. I think we're gonna get a we're gonna get a producer <laughs> note from Ariel that's like, maybe stop saying that so much, Summers. <laughs> that's yeah. Well, speaking of jams um, and and traffic, maybe <laughs> traffic jam. What do you got? <laughs> I'll read the headline, then I'll tell the little backstory why I chose it. The headline reads, this simple driving questionnaire can make older adults safer. And this has to do with um, driver safety and the fact that as people age, their ability to drive and be safe driving, statistically, adults over the age of 70 are more likely to get into fatal car crashes. And that's partly because they have more fragile bodies, but it's also because they are um, less adept at the you know, different things coming at them when you're driving in a moving vehicle that's going, you know, at a high speed. 
And sometimes one of the biggest impediments to driver's safety is an assessment of one's own ability. And as people get older, you know, driving is a freedom and it's hard to ask older Mm -hmm. people in our Mm -hmm. lives, or even if you are an older person, to really take a a clear-eyed look at your abilities and know, are they really uh, what they used to be? Over the weekend, I had a conversation with my mother, who's 78. I think I've talked a little bit here that she's experiencing different forms of dementia. She doesn't have Alzheimer's, but she is declining in her mental capacities. And one of the things that I've been worried about with her is driving, especially at night, and especially when she's in areas that where there's a known dangers, like my family has a ranch up in the valley, but you have to get there by going on a two-lane road, which is windy and curvy, and there's cars coming at you with, at 55, 60 miles an hour. And that's where accidents happen, right? It's when you're not aware of everything and things happen quickly and your response time is lower. So I asked her not to drive on the pass, and I told her that I would give her a ride if she needed a ride. And it was this very hard conversation. Her friends have been worried about her also. So not it's not just me. Her friends have expressed their anxiety. But it was it's really hard for her to uh, – she's really starting to come to the – terms with the fact mm-hmm. that she's not the same person she was even five years ago. Anyway, this solution is about a, a questionnaire that might be able to help older adults be better at self-assessment. It's coming out of the North Carolina State University, and it's a proof of concept, but it's a simple questionnaire that can help predict which drivers mm-hmm. are most at risk of having an accident. And they developed the tool. It's called Attentional Failure During Driving Questionnaire, or AFDQ. And the purpose, according to Professor Jing Feng, who was the head of the psychology department that designed this test, they developed it intentionally so that older drivers can recognize and monitor their ability to drive safely. Professor Feng explains that the study was focused on determining how effective the technique is at assessing attentional performance and what it can tell us about actual driving performance. So it doesn't actually test your driving, but it, it's correlated with diminishing attentional capacities. And if you test low on that, it also can tell you if you've had a lot of accidents in the last five years. And I think we've talked about that here in the past, that the, the two things that help you know as an older person, you know, having some cognitive decline, traffic accidents, and failure to pay bills are two things which are signals of that kind of decline. As I mentioned before, statistically, adults over the age of 70 are far more at risk of getting into fatal car crashes. And a big reason for this is that diminishing attentional capacity as we all age, particularly when it comes to peripheral vision. So you're not as able to pay attention to things that are going on around the outside of your vision as opposed to just focusing on what's right in front of you. And this is dangerous when driving because you have to, you know, if there's a bike rider next to you or a kid or a dog or another car coming at you from the side, that can lead to an accident. The way that they tested this questionnaire was by testing 411 middle-aged drivers and 248 older drivers, all of whom were 65 or older. And they answered the AFDQ questions meant to assess the frequency and variety of attentional problems that are often experienced while driving, and then also asked them about their driving history in the past five years. And what they found was that the older participants who experienced the issues with the range of attentional issues 
were the same ones that had been in mm-hmm. more car crashes in the last five years. So the older drivers who hadn't been in car accidents had better scores. So it seems like there is a pretty strong correlation. They have to do more, but it is available online for anybody who would like to assess their own attentional capacities and ensure safety on the road. I may ask my mother to take it because it'll be a way of having that conversation with her even further and it'll help her know, oh, maybe I should give you my keys and learn how to use Uber, you know? (laughs) Uber and other transportation methods. Yeah. I I think that you know, it's, it's like all of these things, it's having the hard conversations, you know, with our parents and as children to have to say to our parents, it's time to talk it's about really your driving hard. is real. And, and this really is a tool hard. to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we've spoken about aging and planning and, you know, aging with all of the tools and resources that are available to lead a graceful aging life. And um, I think this is one of those that can um, certainly lend itself to knowing where your capacity has changed and then knowing that there are other tools to help you get around. So I think that's one of the hardest things about being an older person is like losing that autonomy that you've had Mm -hmm. for so many years. And the good thing is there's a lot of ways to get around even without driving your own personal vehicle. The share economy has changed that for everyone. It it, it really has. Ironically, my 16-year-old son is just learning how to drive (laughs) You know, maybe I have a, a taker for her car if she can't use it anymore. Well, I was going to say, but that's that sandwich generation that you it are is. in, right? We have new drivers in our family as well. And my family, some of the older people in my family have elected not to drive on freeways or other, you know, are, are comfortable driving around town, but don't drive long distances. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that this objective questionnaire mm-hmm. can help lead to effective conversations. Speaking of effective things, there's another article today that says this study brings us one step closer to conquering fear. Pilates looks deceptively easy, but here's why it works wonders. Hugs, the natural stress reliever, and three speedy and surprising solutions to lower your anxiety. I love it. All of those are about sort of personal growth and feeling and hugs and Pilates and and fear and anxiety. It's like, it all, it's like all of our writers sat together and watched Inside Out on repeat <laughs> with me and my toddler this past yeah. weekend. <laughs> yeah. Other headlines today on today's Optimist Daily, Finland is the first country to pass a legally binding Carbon Negativity Act. Doctors transplant a 3D printed ear made from a patient's own cells, and this is revolutionary. Stressing out crops could be a good thing. And five essential questions for the eco-friendly fashionista. That and so much more is available on theoptimistdaily.com. That's it for this morning. So thanks, everybody, for listening to the Optimist Daily Update. We promise to keep sharing positive solution-based stories with ideas on how you can participate in the changing world and help ensure it's changed for the good. We promise to keep covering current events with accurate, legitimate sources and offering you the information we all need to chart new paths for all of us. And if you haven't already, please support us on socials. Please share stories with friends. Please spread the optimism that you can everywhere, every day, and join us for a free subscription on theoptimistdaily.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll be back tomorrow with more solutions.